0: I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode three one five of her the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, huh? Her body composition. Mm-mm. Oh, don't don't be running away from me now. This is going to be a terrific show. We're going to be talking about an amazing change a revolution hopefully about women and what happens to the measurement of their body composition in the military oh boy we have a terrific show so just know that before we begin this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at smarty pants women's vitamins the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins minerals and omega oils customized just for women To learn more, hop on over to SmartyPantsVitamins.com. Now, here's your first reminder to click on iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show because I love your feedback. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast, the naked truth about women, her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. So, A matter of weeks ago, uh, a wonderful email came to me um, off my website uh, from a Marine, a female Marine. Her name is Major Sharon Ann Hyland Sisbarro, and she reached out to me to be on her podcast. And this podcast was uh, actually... Uh, very innovative. And my eyes opened up and I said, wow, what would you like me to talk about uh, with all of your uh, female Marines? And she said, well, now stress. And I said, "This this is absolutely something I would love to do and certainly be of service to people who are of service to our wonderful country and uh then this conversation led to something that was a true eye-opener for me and we're going to dive into that and that is really what leads to so much of the stress in a uh in in the life of a woman who is part of the military in this case um the marines but i believe that this experiences shared across the military branches. And I need all of you to listen up because this is really something for all of us to embrace and to understand and maybe to help with too. So Major Sharon Cisbarro, but I'll, all I can say is welcome to the HER podcast. Thanks,
1: Dr. Peek. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So you graduated from shippensburg university of pennsylvania with a bachelor of arts degree in history you were commissioned a second lieutenant in 2008 and after graduation from the basic school in april 2009 second lieutenant Cisbarrow attended the public affairs qualification course at the defense information school fort meade and that is in maryland she reported to marine corps recruit depot eastern recruiting region paris island south carolina as the deputy director of public affairs now it's interesting right now tell us about your current assignment at deputy commandant for information plans and strategy what is what is all that about
1: so um in the marine corps a couple years ago we we Took a, a really radical shift uh, when it came to the approach of the traditional public affairs. So, while I'm a, a classically trained public affairs officer in the Marine Corps um, and within the Department of Defense, the Marine Corps started to really take a look at we should be looking at some things that our adversaries are doing in our social media space, in our media space, and, and in the, the, the whole information environment. And so With that pivot, we renamed the public affairs to communication strategy, because what we really needed to look at was really have a a more holistic look at what was going on in that information environment. So that's currently where I'm serving uh, at the Pentagon, Um, but I've recently had the opportunity, had the great opportunity in the summertime to support uh, the then Secretary of Defense Esper's uh, board on diversity and inclusion Um, and one of the things that really opened up my eyes um, was there there's still a lot of of progress that we can make happen in the dod and and i'm happy to say that we oftentimes lead the way Um, but there were some really great ideas that kept popping up and one of them um, was i got a chance to meet this great group of women over in the air force And there's this group of women called the Women's Initiative Team, and the WIT for short. And they were doing some really groundbreaking work, all in this grassroots effort of saying, we'll we'll take a look at where there are some barriers uh, to women's retention and promotion and things. And let's see if we can't make make life a little bit better. And I kept telling everyone, my gosh, we should be doing the same kind of thing. And in December, we said, listen, let's just let's just create like a podcast and let's have them on and talk about it because I think we're going to get a ton of Marines, female Marines that would be interested in starting something like this. And in the last couple of months, um, we have almost 600 members now on, on the Marine Corps Women's Initiative team.
0: That is absolutely amazing. Um, So when you were telling me all this, when you first reached out to me, and I was all stoked about coming on and we did the podcast uh, with your great group um, about a week ago, there was an eye-opening moment here or two or three, uh, and that is when you told me about where a lot of this stress was coming from, I did a little homework. So the first thing was uh, women are stressed out about the fact that uh they they need to have more customized gender specific support with things like uh, passing uh, body composition requirements, um, basically weight requirements um, on the part of, Uh, the military and this is sort of across uh, military branches and when you said that I I said well wait a minute I what does that mean and you basically said that uh, what this really means is that there is a an uptick in a lot of eating disorders that are coming out of these requirements because women are trying to crowbar themselves into a male um uh, centric uh, uh body composition uh requirement that doesn't make sense um to women and in order to try to be compliant they're trying to uh alter their body composition fairly radically to be able to comply with that i believe it's an annual um requirement uh, to do this this body weight and uh, Then you told me that if they don't meet body weight requirement, if they stand on a scale and and it appears by just the scale weight that for height that they are, and I quote, overweight, then there's a taping procedure that occurs after that. Um, And this taping procedure dates back to research that was done in the 1980s on primarily male sailors with a few women in there, but those women were younger and had never had children. And this taping procedure involved, um, in men, it's a neck and a waist, but in women, it's, it, it also um, includes their, uh, their behind, uh, basically, it's across the widest part of the butt um, and uh, the thigh. And uh, I, I, for the life of me, um, as many of you know out there in the Herb podcast land, um, I am an expert in the field of, uh, of uh, sports medicine, and I'm actually on the board of the American College of Sports Medicine. And we're the ones who actually look at those requirements. We're the ones who do the uh, original research in body composition measurements, et cetera. Certainly as they relate to high level performance in sports and physical activity and uh, i i think my jaw hit the floor when i heard about the taping part because i i you know i am not quite sure i've ever seen any scientific correlation between the ability to hoist um a uh, you know a team member um in the military on your back sprint with them to save their life and put them down safely on the ground and their butt size. I just, you know, so I'm trying to understand mission readiness and butt size. So that's what got me going. And, uh, you know, subsequent to that, you and I have had some pretty amazing conversations about how could we, in a very proactive, progressive, productive way, move the needle a little bit with an expansion and enhancement on this conversation uh, and and enlighten people about maybe some potential great ways we can make improvements. So take it from there, Sharon.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dr. Peek. I'd like to take even a little step back, too, because while I was looking at some diversity and inclusion topics, um, this, this body composition was one of the Topics that impacted so many women, so not just Marines, but but our sisters over in the Army, the Air Force, uh, Coast Guard, and, and uh, Navy, and now the Space Force. And so it wound up being just this really great conversation with a lot of women, and I asked them to share with me share with me their concerns. And the other great part of this was. In the military, um, we periodically look at all of our policies and orders and things like that. So we're at that time where that we're gonna be taking another look at, at some of these policies and see if there's a an opportunity for us to make some great improvements. And I think what we stumbled on was really just a blind spot you know nothing nothing nefarious but let's let's just show kind of how this is now impacting our women and they were very vocal with me and one of the really great things that that they pointed out was this is a really big source of stress because the the requirements the physical fitness requirements for us as women have certainly um, continued to increase over the last several decades, but yet some of the policies haven't necessarily caught up. And so the current standard that we have was last updated in 2002, and that was that was about 15 years-ish, you know, around that time, um, before the repeal of the ground combat uh, assignment rule, which meant that women were not previous to that, previous to about 2016, women were not able to serve in direct ground combat. Um, but now we can. And, and so now what can we do to help make sure that, that the women that are physically able to do that are able to properly fuel and train uh, to be in those jobs? But also, even the women that were not serving in those ground direct combat jobs, um, they were in a lot of the support billets and so the support jobs, and the requirement still remains the same. We still wear the same fighting load. Um, we still go on on hikes with uh, you know entire units. Um, we're still expected to now our physical fitness requirements are unisex. So in the Marine Corps, we have a, a unisex physical fitness test and and combat fitness test, meaning that we do the same uh, events that men do it's just scored a little differently Um, but we're doing pull-ups we're running we're sprinting we're carrying marines Um, i mean there's a whole host of of different of different uh, events but a lot of the women would say well we're doing a lot of training to keep up with with our brothers and and to not lag behind Um, but because of that we're putting on a lot of good good lean muscle mass and so therefore, it's starting to tip the scales. And so the original kind of beauty, you know, quote unquote, beauty of the of the policy was um, we knew that in the in the military, we're going to have a lot of great athletes and they probably will weigh a little bit more than, say, the the regular civilian population because they should have some more body uh, lean body mass. And so they might weigh a little bit more on the scale. So there's a two-parter for this policy. One is what you weigh on a scale, and that's based on the the body mass index. And then the second part is if you were to weigh over what your maximum allowable weight is, then we have this tape measurement. And for men, they tape the neck uh, and then subtract it to the abdomen uh, measurement. And then for women, though, we have an extra um, measurement, and that's around the butt. And it says originally, it says a hip, but then when you actually just see what the description is, it says the largest protrusion of the butt. And that's really where a lot of our women were saying, that's the measurement that really kicks us out, you know, that that puts us over this, um, you know, over this uh, requirement because we're doing a lot of weighted squats. We're doing a lot of running. We're doing a lot of those explosive events that is really building up our, our whole glutes in our whole backside um, so that we can put on a pack that sometimes weighs almost as much as we do um, and and be able to hike it for several miles. So that's really one of the biggest things that we said, okay, we should probably start to take a look at this because, because we knew that um, it, it was disproportionately impacting women that had a, a lower center of gravity. Um, what we were finding was these women, because they love doing what they're doing and they love serving their country, they were taking some drastic measures in order to make weight, and and that's the uh, requirement about twice a year, and and I thought we we can't do that, we we can't do that, and and I don't think um, I don't think a lot of people knew it because we didn't talk about it. And so a lot of women now, they would either just get out, they would just say, this is too hard, I'm just going to get out. But we need that talent. So how do we keep this talent? And so when we took a look at this, this whole body composition, it was never with the intent of... Um, wow, we'd really like to be able to go eat a cheeseburger. No, it's nothing like that. It's how do we increase our readiness? How do we make sure that we are maximizing the talent that stays in the Department of, De- of Defense um, it, it, with for the women in uniform? And also, how do we set those conditions for those young gals who are listening right now? Um, you know, when I decided when I wanted to be a Marine at 10 years old. And so how do I, the, the gals that are 10 years old that want to be a Marine or want to serve in the, in the DOD, how do we help? make it better for them. So that's where we're at right now. And that's just one of the initiatives that we're taking a look at.
0: Well, you know, you also mentioned diversity, too. Uh, and and so, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Serena Williams wouldn't make it. Um, because <laughs> I, she is literally the one of the most muscular athletes I've ever seen. And she most definitely has um, in an extraordinarily amazing behind, and I assure you her body fat is <laughs> you know, it's very low, but her behind's not going anywhere soon. Now, part of that is not just all the squats and, and the exercise, because, you know, quite frankly, um, there's a huge genetic component here, as well as an ethnic component. And so, you know, you're going to have uh, a, you know, different shaped bodies, um, they're gonna be diverse. And uh, to tell me that uh, a, a woman's buttocks have anything to do with her ability to be able to run up a hill and save someone's life, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm one of those silly people who says, show me the data. Um, <laughs> I need to see some research on that rather than very strange conjectures there. So. You know, uh, the diversity issue you brought up, um, Hispanics, the same thing. And also people who have mixed diversity, um, mixed ethnic diversity uh, backgrounds. There's a very strong genetic and ethnic component to this. You know, aside from all the squats you can do, uh, during your training. So when you brought this up, I mean, this was a real eye-opener. So I, you know, truth be told out there to my wonderful listeners in the Herb podcast land, I threw my hat in the, in the ring. I said to you, Sharon, and to your uh, cohorts, uh, I am more than happy to help and i will you know take all the muster we have with the experts in body composition and and uh, by the way uh i have written the chapter on women's body composition in the lifestyle textbook so um that's one of the reasons why my eyebrows hit the ceiling when you told me about this um, because there is no question uh that if if we're going to not only recruit but retain as you said, women in the military across the branches, we better make it user-friendly for women and make it gender specific. And if I were queen of the May, uh, what I would do is I would concentrate more on physical performance and mission readiness than on the size of a woman's butt. What do you think? I
1: completely concur. And and because what we are seeing is a lot of these women are high performers and, and so, if they're high performers, um, does it matter how big their butt is, (laughs) you know, I mean, I hate to make it sound so, so, um, you know, small like that, but, but really, um, if we know that this person is such a high performer and still, you know, it looks the part and, and acts the part and, and is that man or woman of, of great character, um, and with the willingness to serve, um, how can we help retain them? Because they're certainly the teammates that we want on the team. Um, and, and that, the nod to performance is becoming more and more kind of where I feel like I'm hanging my hat because I look at professional athletes and collegiate athletes and, you know, depending upon, they could be the MVP of the team. And I don't, I've don't, i never heard of a, of a coach then saying to that MVP, okay, now I need you to just weigh this much. <laughs> you know, I mean, we would never do that. We would just say, congratulations, you've done a really, really great job. And so we would definitely like to see move in that direction. Um, and that would be a, a huge shift for the DOD and, and changes changes a little scary. So I know that we're not necessarily met with the same um, concurrence from everyone and, and that's okay. But when we look at the health of the force, when we look at the health of the Marines and the great talent that we do have, um, it, it's in my opinion, it's a great step forward.
0: Well, I if I remember correctly now, you said that uh, your wonderful team, has actually had a a milestone um, that just occurred that shows progress here. And this is with regard to pregnancy. Let's have a conversation about the old um, regulations with regard to coming back after pregnancy and the new. And I bring this up for the obvious reason. If I'm like 25 years old or something, and I'm coming into the Marines or Air Force or wherever, um, but I'll just stick with Marines since that's where you are. And if I want to, you know, if, I, if I'm seeing this as a career, then I'm in it for, you know, a number of decades here. And during that time, uh, I may have a child or two. And if that's true, what is, what happens with a woman's body composition, acceptance, um, post, her pregnancy especially if she's breastfeeding and all the rest of it because at some point she's got to get back to mission readiness shape uh to be able to do her thing so explain to us how all of that came together
1: yeah so we are putting together um what like what does this whole body composition look like you know what does what does this whole picture like how how do we tell this story um and and i will say I am so proud of our leaders because there were so many that came out of the woodwork both both men and women to say we'd like to hear the brief um and and fully supportive so that has been an absolute fantastic it's it's just been great for me to see as as an officer to see our senior leaders really take such a, a time and attention to it but one of the quick wins that we had recently was um the the former policy for Marines that had just had a baby was about nine months to get back in shape for their physical fitness test or their combat fitness test, depending upon the time of the year. And then also to meet body composition standards. Um, But what we are hearing from some of the Marines was while I'm, um, trying to get back in shape, and I'm increasing my physical fitness, and I'm decreasing my caloric intake, it's having a negative impact on my breast milk, my supply. And I'm not a mom. So I didn't know any about I didn't know anything about this. And so when I started asking more questions, I thought, well that this kind of sounds like a quick win. And the moms kept coming out and saying and 12 months is really that recommended time frame for women to be able to nurse their babies. There's so many great health benefits not only to baby but also to mom. And I thought if we could maybe increase it, if there could be a recommendation where we could increase it from 9 months to 12 months. Yes, it's an extra 3 months. It's a it's an investment on that front end, but wow, it could really pay dividends on that back end. And I have to say Dr. Peek all of the leaders were just like, yes, let's do it. And so we recently just last week, it, it, the Marine Corps released a statement saying that um, now postpartum Marines would have 12 months to be able to nurse their nurse their babies um, before they, they were required to get back into into uh, fighting shape essentially. Um, so what a great win. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know Marines Marines won't admit that they cry, but there are a lot of Marines that reached out to me and just with with tears in their eyes because they just said, this is, this is huge. This is huge. And not just because, not just because this group helped to educate, but because our leaders were like, absolutely. These brains mean this much to us. Like, of course, we're going to do this. It was awesome.
0: I, 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 you know, as a physician, I'm, I'm just blown away that uh, for so long, uh, there was this, this, this misunderstanding as it were, or maybe lack of understanding about a woman's physiology. And that is a woman doesn't just drop a baby and pop back to work in no time at all. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and uh, to be able to assume that a woman, uh, after having a baby and mind you, uh, th- during the nine months of pregnancy, she's also under stress and and how much weight you put on and 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 back and forth and i'm sure that's like heavy on her mind like uh, if I don't gain that uh, that nice low level of 25 pounds only, and maybe if for whatever reason it's it's actually more than that, now I'm really sweating it. Like, how long is it going to take to get all this stuff off me, um, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, I, I can't imagine the burden mentally and and stressfully. But uh, kudos to you and congratulations to you for um, taking. Uh, another very important step in enlightenment, yes, a woman needs to breastfeed. No, she can't do that if she's, you know, going through CrossFit-level workouts to be able to get the baby um, fat off. Um, and then, that, you know, what does that do to her whole uh you know experience with having a child let alone the baby's welfare because a baby's you know a baby's clearly we now know who breastfeed are much healthier um, at multiple levels because they're getting mom's and, anti- you know, all all of her anti- you know, her ability, the antibodies and all the rest of it, to fight off and fend. And um, it's a much more natural experience. Um, and it enhances the baby's welfare. So uh, just as a physician, i'm I'm absolutely, you know, applauding uh, the work you did with all of your teams. To be able to make this happen, is this true now for other branches, or was this just Marines?
1: Uh, so this was just a change in the Marines. I, I really can't speak to any of the other policies at the services. I, I just don't. I'm just not familiar enough with them. Um, but I know that a lot of the other services, they're they're starting to take a look. Um, they're seeing women are becoming a bit more vocal, um, and that's a that's a good thing. I think for the for a long time many women and myself included, you know, when you first come into the military, you think, I have to just kind of try to fit in, um, and, and just try to be one of the boys. And, and then as you start to get a little bit more senior, you you start to realize while that's beneficial in a lot of cases, it, it might not be beneficial in all of the cases. And, and it takes, it takes somebody to stand up and say, hey, we could really use some help here in this category. So I, I, I love seeing, um, the, the relationships build with all the women in the other services because our sisters over there, um, you know, what works for one uh, can certainly work for, for another service. So we're all, we're all building a strong team together because we are sisters. We, ha- we have to take care of each other.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. And hopefully, what you and the Marines did will inspire the other branches. Um, to say, well, you know, we can do that, um, and you know, it seems to make sense. I think that this is going to be one of those rollouts of of slow but sure, you know, change. I was just thinking to myself, you know, uh, you know, I'm a triathlete, but I've also run marathon, and and here's what's interesting. Um, you know, uh, I had this interesting thought with my very first, ironically. Um, here in Washington, uh, D.C., my very first uh, marathon was the Marine Corps Marathon. And you have all these Marines out there, the buzz cuts, and these were all guys. Um, I didn't really see any women at the time, but I'm sure they were in there because we have 20,000 m- runners. But, But they were wearing, you know, these guys were in boots running um yeah had their fatigues on had a backpack i mean i guess they were a little show-offs i don't know um it, it it killed me when they ran past me i'm like what is wrong with this picture um you know and and uh so i remember how funny it was when i showed up for my first marathon uh the marine corps and i literally thought that everyone who would show up would look like some kenyan runner you know what i mean like they were like little skinny people and that's what they would look like and i had this stereotypic idea about what a marathoner, you know, would look like. And there I am standing there with people of freaking every single size known to mankind. It was hysterical. You know, of course, there are little skinny people. Um, And then you had people who are just beautifully lean, muscular, like, oh my gosh. Um, You have people who are also overweight, um, but, you know, kind of, you know, doing their thing. And uh, they were male, female. It was just the most diverse crowd I've ever seen in my life. And I sat back and I was in wonder and then boy was I in wonder when I hit half marathon um and you know people who were you know heavier than I and more muscular than I and and I'm very muscular as a triathlete now oh my goodness they were just passing me I'm like wait a minute what's wrong with this picture how could they be doing that and and then I kept saying to myself now wait a minute you know what happens is it's just their ability to be able to carry this out. They are very strong, they are very capable, and they can rock and roll. And that's that's what the big eye-opener was here. This is why I'm reverting back to the Marines and, and really arguing um, for the, you know, not wanting to be concentrating on someone's, as it were, appearance. You know, how big's your butt? Your appearance, but much more on on mission readiness and be able to do this, look what you guys have to do, okay? Uh, The hardest physical fitness test was the Marine Corps, which for women was a three-mile run, 80 sit-ups, and a 70-second flexed arm hang. Now, this has changed to now include a combat fitness test where we carry another Marine pray for a small one, another marine of our same weight or higher and our physical fitness test, which now includes pull-ups, you know, for women, and you carry also the same fighting load. Okay, listen, I'm just saying that if that's what you have to do for mission readiness, would you please get rid of this butt taping thing? <laughs> what the heck does that have to do with butt? Ta- Help me here, Sharon. I mean, am I just reading this wrong?
1: No, no, Doctor Peek, um, and that's and that's our that's our mantra too. Uh, can we can we stop can we stop measuring the butt? <laughs> um, because a lot of women are saying, "Well, my butt's actually getting bigger uh, because it's a muscle and not you know it's a muscle." Um, because when these when these standards uh, were first established, it was back in 1984. And and in 1984, there was still not the same level of of physical fitness that you see now. Um, I mean, just different kinds of physical fitness trends, but also two different food trends, nutrition trends and things like that. Um, We didn't have access to all all of that. And so one of our assumptions here is that that sample back in 1984 is just, is very likely anthropometrically different than what our sample of our force is right now, and certainly different than what we want our force to be in the the future. Um, And and to your previous comment about different sizes and things, there's a really great quote from uh, Rear Admiral Stark. He said this years ago but he says marines i see as two breeds rottweilers or dobermans because marines come in two varieties either big and mean or skinny and mean they're aggressive on the attack and tenacious on defense and i love that line because um there does tend to be a stereotype you know there does tend to be this kind of look um that that you think a marine will look like um but there are an awful lot of Marines and they're, they come in every shape and size, every color and background, and it's awesome. And that's what makes us so strong. That's, that's what's really great.
0: And then I love the diversity piece. Again, I think when we first talked, um, Sharon, I shared with you my thoughts about uh, Misty Copeland, the very famous, everyone probably knows her, uh, black ballerina with the American Ballet Theater um, and and how the traditional ballet people looked at her muscularity. Now, mind you, she's just absolutely, I mean, she's jaw-dropping. Just uh, Google Misty Copeland and hit you know, images on your Google and just sit there and, you know, your eyes will pop out of your head. Um, she's got beautiful, long, lean, um, but very muscular body. And she was literally told you don't have a ballet body. Hello. Um, you know, I bet everyone who ever said that to her is, is probably just eating their words for dinner every single night because, you know, she was rejected. She was, um, you know, told, no, you don't fit. Well, wait a minute now. Don't fit what? Um, some, you know, classical stereotype of a little skinny white girl, you know, running around doing her thing. Mind you, you got to open your eyes open your um, heart to the fact that diversity is, is a wonderful thing. Needless to say, the rest is history. She proved them all wrong and has gone on to become quite an icon for that. Um, but, you know, here we have, for instance, I remember on the podcast, um, uh, there were some uh, women, uh, African American women, um, uh, when I did uh, uh, the video podcast with you, and they asked great questions, and and there was um all of this going on with regard to um you know uh the ability to be able to uh uh you know really deal with things that included everything from bullying you know to um uh really having a tough time trying to figure out how to fit in okay um and and so talk to me about the the stress there about fitting in as a woman today
1: yeah um so i've been very fortunate in the sense that um i i haven't really had any bad experiences which is great but i know that that's not necessarily indicative of of other people's experiences and i don't want to take that away from them Um, but what i think really what it comes down to is Kind of a, a lack of understanding uh, of certain differences, and so oftentimes um, we really pride ourselves in saying, uh, you know, a marine is a marine is a marine, and and that's great because that that kind of sets the foundation. But there are some in this case, there are some definitive physiological differences that we really have to be aware of, and also um, even even at the the most simple part of it. um, You know, men don't have any hormonal fluctuations every month. um, And then especially as they get older, um, but women do. And so this is one of the things where, especially as women, um, they they are in a stressful environment, they're in a stressful job. And um, maybe as you talked about in our podcast, um, maybe have some trauma in their background. Um, So now they're starting to see that really manifest in changing body physiology or body composition. Um, But also it's aging, it's their hormones. And so they're, they're trying to figure out what in the heck is really going on here. And it might come across as someone saying, well, you just need to work a little harder, or you just might need to like stop eating so much. And that, that feedback might be helpful for some person, but when you apply that to a woman, in fact, it could actually have the reverse effect where they start to gain even more weight um, because they might have already been cutting their calories so much uh, in, in PT or, or exercising a lot um, to begin with. And so they're thinking, okay, and, and I have to tell you, I'm one of those those folks who who just kept cutting calories and cutting calories to say, uh, okay, I, I guess I'm not working hard enough um, because my bo- I'm not seeing it show up in my body. And i failed to recognize what was going on in my body and then also to factor in age and so what it was actually doing was making the whole situation much worse and it was making me put on weight vice taking it off and so part of the reason that we started a podcast with the women's initiative team is because some of these topics are a little sensitive and they're, but they're important and they're important for all of our leaders and our brothers to understand. And so we're having these topics in, in kind of a, you know, an environment where women can share what they need to share and, and provide that put the experts in front of them. Um, and I'll tell you some of the feedback that we've received has most has been a lot from men saying, I never knew this. I never knew this. And so, um, and, and, and I've made some changes because of it, which is awesome. That's exactly what we wanted to have happen, to start the conversation and, and to help educate. Because what that ultimately then does too is helps change that culture. And so what some of these women might be experiencing now we don't want that to happen in the future. So how do we help change that culture? And and this, I think we're onto something here and, and we're getting, we're starting to move in that good direction.
0: Well, the other piece to this too, and you mentioned that whole issue of hormonal. Well, look, if I'm a woman who says, okay, we're going to do this whole career thing. I cannot wait to be, you know, a brigadier general and all the rest is, well, newsflash, by the time you get to that, you know, you're, you're perimenopausal and menopausal. Okay. Uh, this doesn't happen to someone who's 25. So if that's really true, then at the end of the day, you have to take into consideration that women are going through substantial hormonal changes. And although clearly, if you're somebody who is smart enough to want to be of service to our country and and to work in the in the military, um, you know as as we've just noted, then by definition you're going to stay in good shape. I mean you're not going to let yourself go. That that's ridiculous, especially when you have an annual exam and all the rest of it. However, that being said, I don't care who you are, you're still going to go through hormonal fluctuations, and and because of that body fat distribution remember i'm 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 an expert in this field body fat distribution changes as a woman courses through her 40s and 50s making it you know her waist actually um increase a tad and you could actually minimize this quite nicely by staying physically fit But that is a change that takes place in women. In men, their testosterone begins to decrease at the rate of four to 6% per decade after the age of 40, making it a little bit more difficult for them to maintain their very trim waist. But it's much more doable because all they're dealing with is testosterone. As a woman, we're dealing with progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. We're like a little hormonal tsunami and so all kinds of things are going on and I I really feel that there needs to be more um, medical enlightenment about how to work around that. If you're going to retain a woman so that she can maintain a high level of leadership, for crying out loud, give her some support here. What do you yeah. think?
1: Yeah, and I, I think, um, and the leaders are listening. That's the that's the great part um, because Yay. no one, yeah, no one really talked about it. So, um, but not everyone's heard it yet, and and so that's that's part of. Uh, that's part of I think what we're starting to see is is women are speaking up a little bit more, um, and also this is really awesome. And I have to give a shout out to some of my brothers who have done this. They have started to share the podcast and the information that they hear and see, um, and then you know information on our Twitter accounts and things because they've said, "Oh, I didn't know this," and you know what? Are the other the other guys need to hear about this too? And so. It, it is it is starting to create this kind of great snowball effect um, because when we're starting from a, a position of readiness, um, everyone at least will listen to the discussion, you know, and most people get on board. So that's the really great part. Um, but what's funny about the whole hormonal cycle and things is that even when we wrote, um, so in in december we wrote uh an op-ed piece me and several other marines that was published in military.com about this topic and there were a lot of men that reached out and said you know it it impacts us too um so the the great part is it's starting conversations on some of these topics that that yeah maybe it's maybe it's time we take a look and, and focus more on say that performance um and 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 health, because that's the other part too. We are very fortunate to have um, access to medical care, um, and th- and we receive yearly, uh, you know, yearly what we call PHAs, um, periodic health assessments. So our doctors have a better pulse on on how healthy we are from blood work and, and blood pressure and things like that. So, um, what we're really helping to advocate for is maybe we focus on that healthy part and and performance and maybe place less of an emphasis on on what my butt measurement is or yeah
0: yeah. well you know the thing that makes me so happy i'm going to be honest You know, it was so interesting when you you mentioned your Twitter account. So you and I both know that uh, this past weekend, all heck broke out. It was very interesting. Um, So you were, you know, tweeting out the podcast and and, uh, we were going back and forth, um, you know, uh, basically just uh, saying some really nice educational things, enlightening about um, uh, the fact that the military is now looking to Uh, to reassess and to improve and to enhance and how exciting that was. And lo and behold, we had um, some very high ranking um, men reach out um, and also uh, say uh, that this is a terrific idea. And for that matter, um, one of them actually has connected me with a high ranking um, uh, military leader who is now putting me in touch with uh, 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 some of their chief scientists uh, who've been looking at this uh, for a while um, uh, for the purpose of redoing and reviewing um, these requirements with regard to taping and all the rest of it. And actually, I've already reached out now to the scientist who has reached out to me. So, you know, it's a wild thing that just happened. And that is it all started with you, Sharon. You were proactive in reaching out to me just to talk about stress in, in uh, women Marines. That opened up the door to the fact that the stress is coming from multiple um, uh, angles. uh, And and one of the most stressful things is how to be able to just flip and stay in the Marines, complying with body composition um, on the part of women who are very strong, very physically fit, uh, and are living within the domain of some pretty outdated um, ideas. And that's okay. You know something? You know, you and I, I think, Sharon, are kindred spirits in the fact that we are catalysts for change. And we know that effective and meaningful and purposeful change comes in small steps, but small powerful steps that are done Uh, collaboratively with all the right people and i believe that's what's beginning to happen just organically i think that there's an an awakening going on here and all we have to do is be strategic in 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 helping foster and support that what do you think
1: I, I agree, and, and I couldn't be more happy with um, some of the conversations that were ha- that were occurring this past weekend because it was really awesome to see uh, senior male leaders, uh, they're from another service, but but reach into the conversation and say, hey, we we'd actually really like to hear what your thoughts are, and and so that was wow just what a great conversation starter because oftentimes there's so many layers that uh, an idea has to go through before it can get to the top and get to that decision maker and at this point we actually saw a decision maker made a decision maker reach down to to some of uh his soldiers actually uh female soldiers and say hey we want to hear what your thoughts are um and these are some of our sisters that we we had been talking to um i I, I think you're absolutely right though too, it's these small changes that will help to continually improve um, Im- improve what we do and, and increase our readiness. Um, I liken it to almost like when you go to see a doctor and you become very, very familiar with what your personal symptoms are and you start advocating for your care um, because maybe your doctor doesn't... Um, uh, you know, maybe your doctor's just not familiar enough with, with what you're going through or maybe you haven't properly communicated. So you tend to do like a little bit of research and say, you know, could we try this? Could we try that? And then it becomes this great relationship between you and your healthcare provider. And I liken it to to this experience right now because here are these women who are saying, hey, these are some of the symptoms that that we're seeing. Um, and I think and if I did some research, and I think if we were to just maybe tweak this policy, or could we recommend this, um, I, I think we could actually make things better for it for everybody. And, and it's happening. And it's really, really awesome. And I'm, I, I really have to emphasize again just how grateful I am to our our marine leaders for saying um, we care about retention of women Um, we care about our marines and and we want to hear the thoughts we want to we want to be a part of this conversation so I am I am I am so inspired and so motivated that that it's this time
0: i absolutely love this sharon you really you know started something here and congratulations to you and um your wonderful uh, women um on the initiative team and uh all i can say is i'm looking forward to Uh, working with and collaborating with and coordinating in any way I can um, with the scientists uh, who are are, uh, examining this and reviewing this and reassessing. And I know that you and I um, have become BFFs over this whole thing. And um, (laughs) I'm so looking forward to staying in close contact with you and uh, helping um, support your wonderful efforts in any way I possibly can. And listen, and everyone out there in the Herb Podcast land, if any of this resonates with you, and it better, um, you know, and you want to help out, you know, reach out um, and and really, um, you know, why don't you give um, a, a a social media uh, contact here, Sharon, that people could use to be able to chime in.
1: Um, yeah, so Dr. Peek, thanks so much for your, for that support. Um, so on Twitter, we are Marine underscore Wit, and so they could just check us out there or on. That's W
0: I T, so W-I-T. that's Marine underscore W I T.
1: And then on Instagram, we're Marine Wit seventeen um, seventy five. But if anyone wants to listen to the conversations too that we've had, we're on SoundCloud um, under, and all they have to do is just search Marine Wit W I T. And they'll be able to listen in on some of the conversations that we have because these are important. It's it's these are these topics are um, critical to our national security because it impacts a, a when we look at the total DoD, women make up almost twenty percent of the total force. So this is these topics are important.
0: Oh man, that's understatement. Uh, you know, par excellence, <laughs> these topics are important. Heck, they're critical. And um, I'm just so happy that you've. Uh, really uh, done such a great job of being proactive, um, being thoughtful, being collaborative, and really working um, across the branches as well when you can. So thank you so much, Sharon. Everyone out there, we've been talking to Major Sharon Ann hyland and she is um, leading the effort to be able to make changes, meaningful changes, uh, to support um, females in the military. And since she is Marine, um, she is, uh, starting there and doing a lot of her work there and inspiring the other branches as well. All I can say is Major Cisbarro, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thanks, Dr. Peak. Thanks for your support all right and everyone out there take a minute to hit itunes rate and review this show and please throw in your support here this is a huge issue and i really wanted to bring it to your attention for all the obvious reasons listen i'm dr pam Peek. i'm host of the her podcast so i want you to follow me on facebook at dr pam Peake, or twitter at pam Peake md or Instagram at PamPeakMD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes or Radio MD. Thanks for listening today, and please stay well.